Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to My Songs Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. It's good to be back, isn't it, Alex? It is good to be back. (laughs) And we've got a guest with us. The first guest that we've ever had, ever. And introduce yourself. Um, Hi, my name's Aidan Bradley. I'm a musician, singer-songwriter living in Brisbane. Fantastic, beautiful. And how, I mean, I know you personally. Yes, very personally, Is that a a thing we should say? Um, I mean, probably. I don't know if it's considered a conflict of interest like two episodes in. How personally? It seems very, very personal. (laughs) Well, uh, no we comment. are musicians in Brisbane. You know, you bump elbows with a couple of couple of oh, musicians. Oh, I see. As it is, <laughs> played a couple gigs with the boy. The man can play a mean guitar. Thank you, Alex. Like the pinball wizard, except about guitars. Except about <laughs> guitar. Are you saying he's deaf, dumb, and blind? Is that your? <laughs> uh, oh boy. Thanks, Aiden. We're going to roast you for an hour. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, you've fallen to... into our it's, trap. It's, yeah. just, it's just like dinner with my family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how did you two meet? Ooh, we actually you? we met at one of Kel's shows. We Kel? met at a miscreants. Oh wow, we, we did. Yeah, we did. We Ooh. met at a um, the um, backyard theater. Their oh, entry to that. We totally did. We met at that, and I like I. I don't know if I recognize your face. I think I overheard you talking about music to someone, and I'm like, yeah. I've heard Alex, I've heard Alex Smith before. We were on milk crates by some trees. We were, and the person I was talking to drinking uh, was. Shit talking about after after the party was shit talking about another person who was at the party and I was like I don't know man he was just trying to plug his gig and I thought that she was shit talking you <laughs> oh. and then later we we're like oh oh yeah no he's great and that's a little bit of an anecdote so they were so so were, they were or they were not shit talking they were not shit talking okay. you oh, good. I okay. thought I thought she was <laughs> okay no. I was gonna say because I, I I think I spoke to about four people that night because I I just rocked up and then I had to find Kel and Kel went backstage and it was very traumatic for me because i knew n- no one and um, one of those four people was alex smith yes yeah that was me what a queen and, I, and i fought for you i was like i i think he was just trying to plug his gig i think you're being needlessly mean right now <laughs> i mean that's probably still a shitty thing to do at like someone else's theater thing oh i mean he might have deserved it oh you mean the plug in your gig yeah plug in the gig is what i meant there <laughs> now nah, i always got to be on speaking of which uh you have provided us with a wonderful song today which you believe sucks do you want to tell us about that um so this is a song that i wrote and produced back with one of my old bands called trapped admirals uh i think i think in 2013 okay um trapped admirals was like a two-piece like fuzzed up rock band uh that formed from my first band collapsing which was called lazy tangerine (laughs) um yeah that actually we got a really good – the way we thought of that name was um, the singer's brother came home like really stoned and he was like, hey, you guys want some band names? And he was just <laughs> – it was just right noun, adjective and then just drew lines 
and one of them was like Lazy Tangerine. We also had like Wizard of Lung. Which, <laughs> Wizard of Lung. Yeah, that is was very a, good. That was a good one. I thought I wanted Concrete Elephant. That was the one that I wanted. That's pretty good. Um, we didn't get that though. We got Lazy Tangerine. So Lazy uh, Trapped Animals was me, and then the drummer from Lazy Tangerine, mm-hmm. and I had zero singing experience beforehand. Mm-hmm. I had zero vocal coaching. Um, so that's gonna be bad. <laughs> that's just gonna be really bad. Um, musically, I don't think it was awful, but like we did make it with three microphones and like a uh, uh, fucking four hundred dollar Tascam hey. interface, which didn't have the most headroom in the world. Um, and I also like at that stage I was like preset mixing, mm. so I was like, ah, oh, this preset says guitar. That'll sound good. Uh, upon which door were you uh, were you recording this? Which uh, audio platform? Oh, I was using Reaper. I've used Reaper pretty exclusively since I, I, I bought like a legit, this fucking shits me off to this day. <laughs> I bought a, like a legit Cubase license. Okay. And everything was great for about 18 months. And then it deleted all of my presets and all of my data got corrupted. Oh, geez. So Yikes. I was just like, okay, fuck this. And then I spent 60 bucks on Reaper and I've used Reaper ever since. So what is what is Reaper? What does it do? It's like a it's like the it's a DAW, so a digital audio workstation. Okay. Uh, it's like how you edit and like mix and create music. So you get your microphones, you get your audio interface. Generally, if it's like a home studio, those are the two that you use. The microphone sends the signal to the audio interface. The audio interface converts it to digital, and then uh, it goes into the computer, which can then be mixed, edited, EQ'd. Compressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and so why? How long have you been making music for? Um, I've been in and out of bands since I was about 16. Um, and how the, old are you now, Aiden? I'm 22. Oh, Alex. you never... It's not polite to... <laughs> I mean, it's just 20, like, um, since I was 16, and I'm 17 now. So, yeah, you know. yeah, it's been a year. It's been a hard journey. I mean, you have like you do have me there. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I've been in and out of bands since I was like 16. And Lazy Tangerine started playing out when we were in year 11. And right. we'd go play these gigs uh, every a couple times a month at this really shitty dive bar in West End that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, was it? I'm not going to say a name. You should... I did play there, and I was like, thank you for this opportunity. What, what was so shitty about it? What? Um, okay, well, we got paid 30 bucks a night for 40 <laughs> minutes of music. Right. Um, there was there was this... Oh, my God. There was this really... I, I Googled it, and there was this really weird Google review where someone was like, yeah, the owner took a swing at my partner. Yeah. Oh my and, and god. And like I remember meeting, meeting that dude and like, yeah, no, he totally looks like someone who would kick on in a moment's notice. Wow. Now, are we running the risk of shit talking a probably well known music establishment on the second episode of a music podcast? I mean, well known? Yeah. Is it still around? The, it no, still, it's absolutely oh, okay. not still around. Well, my, then, um, my song suck does not share the opinions of Aiden Bradley. He oh, speaks wow. of his own opinion. <laughs> Just throw me under the fucking bus. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like I, I have really good memories of doing it. I remember like we all had to bring our parents who like unless we were on stage had to be with us at all times wow. because it was like a bar. Right, and yeah, yeah. There was a like it it was it was a good experience like playing live in a band and getting paid. Um but yeah, we did that for about two years and then we made an EP which I recorded poorly and um never got released or anything like that. There was a few demos floating around, but I think they're gone now. Um and that was like sort of my first experience, like writing songs and doing stuff like that, because between the singer and I, we wrote everything. Um, so that fell apart. And then Trapped Admirals came out of that. And I wrote everything for Trapped Admirals. Um, and that started gigging really heavily for about two years. And then we put out an EP, which did pretty okay. Uh, and then that sort of fell apart just because we 
our schedules just conflicted too much and, you know, we did all this stuff and we just sort of weren't, we didn't really know where to go from the first EP being done. And yeah. to be honest, I got a little bit bored with the kind of music that we were making. Um, then for a while I sort of drifted in and out of projects. I kind of did a lot of work as like a fill-in, playing guitar and bass and stuff in like other bands. Um, and all the time while doing that, I was like writing my own stuff and then I started recording it. And then a year later, here we are. So this song is from the Trapped Admiral days. Yeah, this song is from the Trapped Admiral's record Blue Shift, and it's the title track. So it's also called Blue Shift. Mm. So you were so you were playing in bands since you were sixteen, but how long were you writing songs? Um, I probably started writing my first songs when I was thirteen, fourteen. Okay. Um, I yeah, they weren't. So what kind of? How old would you have been when you wrote this one? Um, Blue Shift was probably written when I was 17. Okay. Uh, 17 or 18. So you've been uh, in it for a while? A little bit, yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of... In, like, no one's first song is good. I mean, this isn't your first song. You have like, no defense, Aiden. Well, like, I, <laughs> like, oh, okay, I've just shot myself in the foot. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, like, no one's first song is good. You kind of have to... I, I feel that that's a good thing. It's why I encourage people... For some reason, people ask me occasionally, like, how to write songs and stuff like that. Mm. And particularly like a few people I know who have songwriters who do it for them and they just perform them. Mm. And it's like, how do you, how do you do it? And it's always like, you just got to write shit. Yeah. You got to like, like for, for the, for the five songs on the boat ramp CP, which is coming out Mm. when this goes up. um, I think I recorded, I did pre-production for like 12 or 13. Yeah. And then I just, I stuck with the five that I wanted to go. You just kind of got to write shit for a while. Mm. In the early days when you were, what did you say? 13 or 14 when you started writing? Yeah. What kind of stuff would you write about? It was, you know, it was probably like really overly edgy shit. Oh yeah, it yeah, was yeah. probably like that. It was probably like, yeah, it probably would have just been like really over the top, unnecessarily edgy garbage stuff that you didn't like necessarily know about as yeah, like a thirteen stuff that I would have had old. zero experience. And you've like just gotten it from TV or whatever, and like yeah, other songs, yeah, or like oh, there's someone sings about this. I should sing about that too. Yeah, um, yeah. I know what heartbreak feels yeah, like. I know. <laughs> Gets to first real heartbreak. This is nothing like I expected. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it would have just been really overly edgy, stupid shit. And then I, Lazy Tangerine was mostly silly. Really? It was because it was like a funk metal band. Right. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. mostly silly stuff. Um, and then we, the singer and I, both toward the end of high school, we got like, because we both wanted to be musicians. Mm. We were both like really disillusioned. Like, let's just write a bunch of songs about how going into the real world sucks. <laughs> and that was like the last three songs that we wrote together were like one one of the lines was if 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 these are the best days of my life, I hope it's not getting much worse. Damn. And wow. that was like that was good. That was yeah. I thought that was good. Um I think it's fitting that you guys like stopped playing after that. <laughs> yeah. I, well he went to, he went to JMI. Hmm. He studied jazz guitar for a year at JMI. Right. Okay. And yeah, he's doing he's doing pretty well now. Uh he was in Rise Over Run. Um, oh, that rings a bell. Yeah, they were like a sort of prog math rock sort of thing because he's just he was just a he was a complete fucking monster on guitar mm-hmm. like he and he knew his theory like left right and center so he was like i'm just gonna go write really complex solos in this band nice. cool um yeah that was him and then i don't the other two i don't i don't haven't spoken to in a while nice. well did you go into like um like uh, tertiary sort of music education or anything like that nope right no i i studied music in high school and i ended up on like a vha6 i think uh, just because no one else in the class could write. That being said, 
I also never at any stage remember being taught composition in high school. <laughs> so I think that's kind of fair enough. Sure. I think it was definitely one of those things that like, if you have an interest in doing it, you'll get around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you have an interest in doing it, you'll teach yourself, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, or if you like, like the, how I learned production was just trial and error. It was just what sounds good, what doesn't, how can I improve this? Stuff mm. like that. What, who were your influences as oh, a yeah. child? As a child. As a young um, musician. So a lot of it was like listening to stuff that my dad listened to. So there's like, like my dad was really into like Credence. Okay. And oh, like nice. the Eagles and like a lot of that American yes. stuff. Yeah. But then it was like on the other side of the thing, he's Irish. So <laughs> naturally he listens to Van Morrison at least once a day. Of course. Um, he's actually, he's from, he's from the same town as Van Morrison was. Oh, no way. Um, which is pretty cool. They're both from Ulster. So that's kind of cool. That's wild. Um, and yeah, it was stuff like that. And then I went to high school and I made friends and then I started listening to like sort of a bit more out there stuff. Like I listened to a lot of like, 70s, 80s funk stuff. Like I listened to like Parliament and Funkadelic a lot in high school. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a interesting thing whenever I got past Norks Cable. And I, like, I always listened to like a lot of Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Um, I don't really ever credit those kind of bands as like my favorite bands or whatever because I don't really feel that I need to mm. um, just because it's like they're exemplars. Right, you know, like, exactly. Like, yeah. like Led Zeppelin like kind of made a genre yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, in like modern times though, like... Um, I really like Bonnevere and I really like Julian Baker and Frightened Rabbit and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What I, about them? What's, what's kind of in their style that you enjoy? Um, I guess the interesting thing about I get, uh, Frightened Rabbit is always like no, I, nothing, nothing that I've listened to sounds like them. Mm. Nothing, nothing sounds anything like Frightened Rabbit to my knowledge. Um, Julian Baker as a lyricist is incredible and like she coined she coined this phrase when she was on a tour that's just sad songs make me feel better. Mm. And then that was like while touring for a record that is exclusively sad music. But it's like it's like sad in like a really personal way. Like if you listen to something or like um go home or whatever, it's like, yeah, this is weirdly close to how I feel. And right. I, I hate that, but I also really love that. Um yeah, she's she's insane. I've always I saw she did a NPR Tiny Desk concert. And I bought her record off the back of that and I listened to it a lot. I still do. And then she just brought out a second record, which is also really good. Um, I, I, when it comes to listening to music, I, I find inspiration in like a lot of places. Like I listen to like, I listen to like a fair bit of like electronica and stuff like that. Even like modern synth pop. Like I listen to like Maiden Heights and Pusher and stuff like that. I really enjoy hmm. just cause it's even, even though like I don't really have much of a desire to make electronic music the way that, it's still it's all composition at the end of the day, and the composition's like really cool. So this song that you've brought to us, um, is there anything that you would like us to know beforehand? Because I know that if you were in an art gallery and the painter would be like, "Now, when, when I was painting this at, at the time, I was you know I was feeling this and blah blah blah." Is there any any of that kind of stuff you want to share with us? The vocals are really bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, the vocals are really. Yeah, I, I struggled a lot with singing for a while and I still do. Like, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I think I'm a good singer. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no one ever thinks they're a good singer. Mm. Oh. Well, I mean, oh. no. Okay, <laughs> yeah, look, fair. fair. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've met some people, Alex. Um, I wish I'd met some people. <laughs> <laughs> so I like how the, that, the, la- the loudest laugh from that was also Alex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the vocals will be really bad. And I, I, I haven't listened to this in years. So, I, I mean, I could listen to it and think that it totally holds up. But, like, 
Yeah, let's 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 do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's run, dive in. Let's run the gauntlet. Spin it, Zane. <laughs> joined us uh, i'm impressed because this is a podcast uh that was blue shift by aiden bradley first things first that song didn't suck what the fuck i we're trying to do a format here you come into our house and you bring us a song that doesn't suck we look like dinguses what are we supposed to do with this um why do you feel like it sucked i mean it was all right in the bits that i wasn't singing (laughs) okay um so that was like it didn't really progress much, did it? No, it kind of it kind of hit its stride and stayed there. But it was a cool, funky groove. I really enjoyed the uh, the guitar. The yeah, guitar the was fucking tasty. Really cool. Thank you. Um, 
How much of this was your writing? Because you said it was a band. Is this like collaborative effort? Or were you like, I will write the thing, you play the thing? I wrote the thing, he played the thing. The thing is um, good. You wrote a good thing. Yeah. He, um, I, left the dr- I left like drumming up to him, but like I like told him the beats that I wanted and stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was interesting. That was, um, I guess I, I, I can pick a lot of holes in like the production aspect of it. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it's um, very good personally. Okay. Um, I mean, at the time, at the time, I was thrilled with it, hmm. but um, it was it, it was it was a genre of music that we wrote uh, as like a live thing. Hmm. Like we wrote, I like I wrote it. I wrote most of the stuff as like a live act. And for like when that. you're performing in the shitty bars, yeah. For when we're performing in shitty bars, yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, Trapped Admirals played in a lot of not shitty bars, so <laughs> Trapped Admirals, yeah, we we did all right for a little bit. Um, yeah, I it was like. I don't know. I I, uh, I hate my voice. Um, <laughs> I guess the other thing is maybe what I'm hearing and thinking is intentional isn't intentional because I, I think it all has a very definite like lo-fi kind of sound. Yeah. And maybe you weren't going for that. I noticed that the voices were quite distorted. Yeah, that was mostly to that hide the fact that I can't sing. Um, <laughs> or couldn't sing. I'm probably all right at it now, but um, I yeah, I really like because I had no vocal training or vocal experience back then. It was like we need a band and we need to have vocals and stuff. I'm like, I guess I'll do it, and then that was sort of just what we went with. Um, which in, <laughs> which in hindsight was a bad decision. Um, we probably should have got a vocalist. Hmm. We had a lot of we had a lot of ideas about getting getting a female vocalist just to have that sort of dynamic and just to be like. Here's some like really riff heavy rock music and then have like a vocal that you kind of would expect a little bit less. Hmm, right. Have like a vocal style that you sort of wouldn't really expect to see. Uh, kind of like... like um, Ellie Jane and the Forces of Destiny. Yeah, all right. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good old Ellie. She she's, always puts on a good show. She's great. Yeah, she is. We should get her in here sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Just ring her up. Yeah. <laughs> Has she made anything that sucks though? Oh, Ooh, that's a good point. That's the thing. I just like, hits can you go home and make something that sucks? And so, <laughs> just so you for made us. it from a long time ago. <laughs> Makes like a phone demo and it still doesn't suck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hell yeah, this is great. God damn it. <laughs> Are there any musicians who suck to come on our podcast? <laughs> we're not saying that you suck, by the way. <laughs> just that you have made music in the past when you were very young, as we all have. As we all, well, I haven't, but as we all have. I mean, that's the most sucky thing. You haven't even made music that that's sucks. That's right. I haven't even like, tried. I feel like every like everyone at some stage has like the pipe dream of wanting to be a musician. Yeah, I think yeah. I think everyone thinks about it like a little bit at some stage. Like, oh, that'd be cool. And then I think some of us just act on it more to a degree. True. I notice uh, a lot of themes about having to go to work and not being a fan of that in the song. Is, um, that, is that a strong theme? It is called Blue Shift. Yeah. Yeah, which actually is a Half-Life reference. Oh, oh really? So, yeah, there's a Half-Life expansion called Blue Shift. Good. And a Blue Shift <laughs> is actually something like a, like a term in theoretical physics or something like that. Uh, that has to do with like multi-dimension theory or something. It's a Half-Life reference. It's a Half-Life reference. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's a Half-Life reference. Um, I wrote it at a time when I... My girlfriend at the time used to get really annoyed because I used to work a lot. And that was like, a lot of it was like, I'd have to go to work at like five in the morning, which is like wake up before the sun. And then in in winter, if I got home, like after five, it'll be down before my day is done. Um, I guess that's that's that line. That's probably the best that we can interpret out of that. Um, So was it completely autobiographical, like the entire song? Yeah, most of my songs are. Um, 
I, I never really I never really wrote with like a lot of metaphor. A lot of it is pretty much stuff that happened to me. Cool. Uh, right. Even like the songs that I write now are all things that have occurred. Was it, was it that you never were like, I'm going to do a metaphor? Were you like, I choose not to. I will bear my all. This is me. This is my life. Why do you avoid metaphors? No, um, nothing, it, nothing like that. I would never even have said it was intentional. It was hmm. just... You just don't. I, I found it the best way to express myself and I found it the most relatable. Um, hmm. And I guess I hope that some other people would too. Hmm. Sure. So. Well, I definitely related. I, I've been doing full-time work and my partner was saying I work too much. So, yeah, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. got a fan right over here. Look at, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> do you relate, James? Uh, I, I do not. Uh, hey, see? So there you go. You but even then, I enjoyed the, the song, well, you know? Thank, thank so you. there you go. I do think that it song appeals to is uh, too good to, oh, to be okay. Too good for our show, yeah. I mean, if it makes you, if it makes you feel any better... Um, I my writing style back then wasn't something that I like because it was like let's just play riffs let's mm. just play riffs all day long and I don't excuse me I, there was no subtlety to it and it was it was very much like I'm a teenager I want to make rock music yeah. right um, yeah 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 which like even now like I I have a hard time classifying the music that I make now because it's like kind of too heavy to be like singer songwritery but not heavy enough to be rock yeah. And not really out there enough to be like alternative. Oh, you're speaking or, my language, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's like. Well, that being said, hey, um, lie to me is rock. Ah, lie to me is straight up rock. I guess. Um, <laughs> sorry, tell, li- tell me it, a lie. Yeah, tell me a lie. Yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry, that, that happens a lot. The sorry. pitfall that all all of us fall into from time to time is calling it, "tell me a lie." lie to, to be me. fair, if I'm pretty sure. The outro. I'm pretty sure most people who like. The most most people implying that there's a lot of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure most people who look up my music because they remember Siege from like gigs and stuff. I'm pretty yeah. sure they just look up I am under Siege. <sighs> but yeah, do you find that you're easily searchable as an artist? Because I know that like getting that SEO and getting that ability to be well known. If you search Aiden Bradley, yeah. are you Aiden Bradley? If you look up Aiden Bradley on the first page of Google Images, I'm like, uh, like fuck, fucking sixty percent of them. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Um. That being said, a lot of people spell my name wrong. Really? Yeah, a lot of people spell it A-I-D-A-N. I've been saying your name wrong for a long time. In what way? So you know how Bradley is a name? Sure. A common name? Yeah. I've been saying Bradley. That's not a name. That's not Not a a name. name. I have a cousin called Bradley. Brady is a name. It's because it's Aiden. Bradley's not a name. I'm Aiden Bradley. Aiden Bradley. (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, I've never said it to anyone, but... uh, Whenever I've like talked about you in a video, I've always been like Aiden Braid. How many videos do you talk about me in? Oh, more than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> Never oh, released. Boy. Never released There's to a- the public. Just I think I've done it twice in a YouTube video. Cause I, I remember I had the thing the whole take was me being like, That's the second fucking time. So how, how do you go on YouTube, by the way? As in like you search and you get yeah. the your big old URL <laughs> bar and you go youtube.com, that's how you go on YouTube. Yeah, fucking funny. What, is, what, <laughs> what question are you putting me? Yeah, how, like, like, how does your stuff? How does your stuff go on YouTube? Like, how? how does fucking it- abysmally. Oh I have God. no concept of promoting myself. I just put it up, and then it just slowly grows mold. That's I. I, I struggle with that because, like, I a lot of what I endeavor to do is just try to be really genuine yeah. and mm. like just to seem like I'm a real person. Mm. Um. And a lot of it's like when you're at a gig and you've told people to like you on Facebook for the fifth time that night, it's yeah. such a horrible, shitty thing to 
be doing. Mm. It's not even horrible or shitty. It just feels garbage because like, hey, I'm playing yeah. for you and I, I, you paid to get in and I still want you to do something for me. No, um, yeah. And like pushing that sort of stuff is, it, it, yeah. It's, it's hard because people forget and like they're there and they're like, I, this, I'm having a great time. I love this guy. Anyway, bye. Yeah. And everyone's, they're all like, I would buy everything he had and I'd support him and I want to support him. And then well, that you was just, like, you forget. I was walking around after that gig that we did at New Globe. I was like walking mm. around and people were like showing me their phones where they'd liked me. I'm like, oh my God, this audience is amazing. I've, I've gained a substantial jump on social media. Um, Cause like social media is where it's at these days for these musicians, days. especially yeah. I think people like us struggle uh, as like singer songwriters on social media because. A band starts a Facebook page. They've got uh, five people in the right, band. Yeah. They invite all of their friends. There's 400 likes just yeah. there. Yeah. Now, I've been playing and releasing music under my own name for a year, and I've just got 400. Yeah. See, I've been doing it for five, and uh, <laughs> oh, no, six, and I've almost got but, 500. And I've been teetering that line for like four months now. And you've it's had like, some really good gigs in this past six months, though, haven't you? I have. You're uh, on the up and up. All because of a uh, poll. Paul, Paul from New from Globe, Globe Theatre. I'm, I'm going to bring it to that place. Fucking New Globe <laughs> Theatre is closing. That's upsetting. Yeah, that's very upsetting. It's a shame. For if, sure. you're, if this comes out when they're still open, you should definitely go and buy some drinks. It should yeah. do, though, because I'm pretty sure they close in April. Yeah. We've also, got one I, month I left to save the New Globe, guys. It's not being saved. Oh. Get the band back together. Get the, yeah, we put on one last show. <laughs> I mean, I worked for the Chanel, right? Did that ever happen? Or did I just dream that? I don't think that happened. <laughs> Is the Chanel still a thing? Uh, yeah, they're still a thing. Yeah, no, it's still a thing. Zane's nodding. Zane's nodding. So there we go. Yeah. Chanel confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Well, I mean, oh, yeah, how hard thing- it is to... Uh, Get a following as a as, as a, like a singer a songwriter. Solo. I also feel that like a lot of venues don't want to give gigs to singer songwriters because I think think yeah. the impression that they don't have a band they can't bring people. Yeah. Um. Mm. Because again, if you have a four piece, five piece band and they all bring three friends, well, there's half your audience. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're a singer songwriter. You can you can bring the, like whenever I I like if I message a band, it's like, hey, I saw your stuff on Spotify. I really like it. We should play together sometime. Mm. How many tickets can you sell? Is always the first question. Yeah. And really? it's like, well, as a singer songwriter, I can maybe sell like ten or fifteen. Not good enough. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, Unless you got like a sweet special occasion and then you're like, I'll probably bump that up to 30 or 50, buddy. Yeah, and then even then they'll probably be like not good enough. Yeah. And it's it's just like this really weird stigma. And if you look for artist management for singer-songwriters, they're like, well, you can play covers. Yeah, You can go do covers gigs in cafes and bars. And yeah. like I've, I've never played a cover gig. I don't want to play cover gigs. That's how I started. Really? Yeah, I used to play three-hour gigs at a, a popular burger establishment. Good Ooh. money. Well, it was the first paid gig I ever had. And I remember they sat me down. They're like, so we'll pay you uh, $90 for the three hours. And I was like, that's $30 an hour. I won't say which wow. burger stuff. Strong b- opinions coming yeah, to the table. Can we, Here we go. can we maybe cut that out? No. You leave that in. No, no, you leave that in. Confirmed. There's your headline, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's the name of this episode. Corey Bradley hates b- can we maybe cut that one out, please? That's, we can probably. This, cut I'm that leaving. One out. This is. I'm leaving. This is a note to just blank that out. Okay, I have. That's really this funny. Is, this is the first like. This is the first interview or anything that I've been allowed to swear on. Oh, we've, we've let liberating? him off the leash. So like, and yeah. I fucking, he's going wild. I Here swear we go. every second fucking word. <laughs> we so can't like, stop him. I get to. I get to. I get to the 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 interview, and it's like, oh, I, I'm assuming I can't swear. Nope. This is a family establishment. Of course. Oh, balls. I write. <laughs> 
music very good yeah okay. yeah there we go all right we're three for three of three <laughs> words I was, talking, I was on a radio show i was talking about one of one of one of my favorite gigs that i've been to which was a smith street band gig and there's uh, a lyric in their track sigourney weaver where it's like uh, it, the, the, the line is don't you ever fucking touch me and i got like halfway through the f word and i was oh. like oh, i can't finish and i was like i can't finish that story sorry that, that was a swear word in it <laughs> Sorry. Dang. Uh, while, if we are still talking about Burger Establishments, I will of say course. that I, I played, I started playing cover gigs for like, it felt like three years, it was probably like a year. Because right. I fucking released a live album at the zoo in like my first year. A live I've album not heard at the that. zoo. Yeah. In that you can pay to buy the recording of your performance. Oh, you have okay. to mix it. Uh, you do, but uh, my good friend Benedict Braxton Smith did it for me. And we, uh, we bumped the applause. We double nice, tracked the applause. Just nice. like, can't hear any audio, can't hear any of you. It's just all applause. Yep. We got any I should, cl- we should clarify, uh, for any of our non, like, Brisbane listeners that the zoo is oh. not a literal zoo. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a place you it's play a music. And it's quite a good one. Yeah, it's, fact, it's pretty up there as far as Brisbane goes. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's, I'd say as like a, a local performer, it's the best you can get. Yeah. Zoo or Trifford. Yeah, so I've never played at the Triffid because um, I'm too. I've never played it fish. either because no one likes me. Yeah, I prefer Yoronga Zoo. Uh, <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Welcome to James's fucking. Oh, I forgot my joke. No. Oh, good joke. Welcome to James's contributions to this podcast. Sucks. Hey, nice. I can't believe I fucked my sweet joke. <laughs> you had a great joke planned. You told me about your joke. I told him about it. Plan like, this is going to be great. A joke that it's you had. The coldest bird. Before we started. And then. Oh, I fucking froze up. You did. Oh, Welcome to the real world. I fucked it so bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. We were talking about. You Have know what ever... we haven't spoken about oh, for a while? Hold on, you go. The song. All right. <laughs> I was going to mention because um, Alex just messed up his joke so bad. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever like performing live you're a live performer have you ever messed up a live on stage what <laughs> um sorry carry on i back in trapped admirals i'd break a string every show break Damn. a string yeah i'd break R- a string every show too hard and yeah what? those they like they were they were riffs man like they were like proper like rock riffs nice um these days i i play with a looper mm. and like a bunch of effects and stuff and so far, I've not had any major disasters with that because it's all—it's sure. it's like a—it's like a pattern remembering game. It's like remember yeah. winning to tr- when to trigger the loop, remember winning to remember winning, remember when to like engage overdubbing so you can record more stuff. Yeah, remembering which effects to use when, when to trigger my octave to make bass sounds, when to do all that stuff. That's mm. not gone spectacularly wrong mm-hmm. yet. Um, I think because I get I get really neurotic about it and I rehearse it to like I, to absolute fuck. It um, shows in the good way. Oh, thank you. Um, and I do, I do that because I, I don't, I don't feel that if I was just playing guitar and singing that I'd find me entertaining. So oh, like, okay. I like to, I like to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. When did and you first start using the looper? First solo gig. Wow. Yeah, first solo gig. Ever? Um, yeah. I've, I've never like done a straight not loop gig. Damn. There's cool. songs, there's songs that I played before. Like I never used to play boat ramps with a looper. Mm. Um, and mm. then I went back and I thought, yeah, I can redo a couple of this stuff and make it more interesting with the looper. Um, Siege was like the first song that I properly got the looping down for. Nice. That I properly got everything to sync up and that I properly got everything to sound good. Um, and then it kind of became like the flagship track 
Mm. Like Siege is normally how I open my shows. It's um, a killer live, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a genuine thing. I, w- I won't say things if they're not true. If you do see the Aiden Bradley live, uh, Siege is very awesome. Thank live. you. Um, <laughs> it was really great. How I got, I got uh, pretty much all of Milk Factory to sing along with me to it. Cool. Um, which was really cool. Um, I love that. I, I love getting the audience involved and stuff like that. I hear you recorded a uh, music video recently at the Milk Factory. I did. Um, so the music video is for Siege, like the studio version of Siege. Mm-hmm. And it's footage from like all of the gigs I've done over the past year. Uh, a little bit of footage of me making the song and then just like sort of some candid stuff from, from like interviews and stuff like that. Nice. And that's all cut together as like a, it kind of in, in, it kind of shows the progression of myself as an artist over yeah. the 12 months. Um, and that I, had a lot of fun putting that together because I got to go back and revisit a lot of old stuff that I've done. And there's like clips of me playing in empty rooms and there's clips of like being a dozen people down from selling out Milk Factory. Right. And stuff like that. And that was really cool to see. Um, cool. So you can go check it out. Yes. It will be out it by does. the time you hear this. Yes, yes, yes. I saw the EP. Yes, the EP That's will be right. out tonight, technically. Yeah, if, if this comes out on the 9th. Yep, 9th of March. 9th of March. Well, yeah, there you go. It's out tonight. Um, what are you doing here? Fucking yeah. get to the gig. Where is the gig? The gig uh, will be at the back room in Chardon's Corner. Chardon's Corner. What time? When are you playing? Um, I don't know yet. Uh, I don't think the set lists have been. <laughs> I don't think the set lists have been nutted out yet because there's there's ten bands on the lineup. Ooh, so it's like it's right. like ten bands playing half hour sets. So it's like a really full sort of. We've got to fit all that into I think like five hours. So it's like rush, 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 rush. Um, but. Yeah, it'll be a really good night. It's sort of like music all day. It's like music starting in the early afternoon and then finishes at like 11. Oh, nice. That's um, exciting. So hopefully it'll be like I can, yeah, be good to meet all the other bands and stuff like that. Hopefully mm. I can make it because I'm also playing a gig. I'm not going to plug my gig during no, your plug. Go ahead. <laughs> but, plug, uh, plug all day every just, day. Just in case you're like, the fuck, why is now Alex here? It's like, I'm not here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel there's got to be another thing to say surely in about, what regard i mean about uh, the song about the song oh right? i see the song specifically or do you like what do you i mean that's the whole gimmick of the show isn't it is that we're, we're looking we're at talking about the song well if you were gonna do this song today oh yes right if you if you were gonna do um blue shift redux what would you what would you do what would you do differently how would you fix it yeah Reverb. Using what you know now. Reverb? Reverb. Reverb. Um, no, I'd, <laughs> Double like, track. Like that one did you say? Um, <laughs> I, um, I would probably scrap the verses. And really? I'd probably scrap the verses or at least make them progress a little bit more. I'd like... I, I scrap and rewrite? Because there's not much verse to begin with. Yeah, which is why I'd rewrite. Okay, it. sweet. I think, yeah. I think you're like, just cut the verses. Just cut the verses. Yeah, I just want that riff for six minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I would... Yeah, if I was going to go back and do that again, um, I'd definitely change the arrangement to just more than guitar and drums. Um, I could think of a cool, like a few cool things to do with it, but I think for the most part, it's kind of the best version of itself that it can be. Like, yeah. there's stuff from like a technical aspect that I'd improve. Like, I can sing a lot better now, and mm. I know a lot more about production. So, mm. it would it would probably just be like a more polished version. Like, I feel the the song was written with that instrumentation i think that's kind of how it works best hmm. yeah. it has heaps of character thank you it's definitely what it is and i like what it is it's crunchy wow you know when you, you start a podcast and you realize that you're not good at articulating <laughs> you're like wow shit pick the wrong <laughs> avenue for this 
It is what it is. It is what and it I is. I like what it is. It certainly is what it is. <laughs> to be, like, as, as a band, we, that was kind of the reputation that we built, you know? It was like, um, it's not good, but it's loud and it's cool. And you can stand up the front and you can headbang. Yeah, and, cool. And it's, the, the people on stage were very much just two guys who f- fucking started playing music together one day. It doesn't and sound like two guys. Yeah. It sounds like a full band, which is very impressive. Well, thank you. That was, thank you. It's well produced, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think like there's definitely a, a niche or not a niche, but like there's a crowd for that just sort of very headbangy, very just yeah. loud um, style of music. And I think for what that song is, yeah, it hits all those kind of marks. Um, that's really good. And you mentioned that when you released it, you were proud of it. I, I was, yeah. I, I think was, you it should was, still be proud of it. I think you could release that today without very many changes and it would be a banger. Mm. A banger, you say? It would continue to be a banger. Um, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's what we're all about here at My Song Suck. That's right. Just, it's, it's, it's funny enough, not tearing there down. There is a track on that record that is being re-released on the EP. Ooh, oh, really? It? Uh, it's called Infirmary. Okay. And I always had a lot of uh, like really grandeur sort of ideas for it, but being being a two-piece, it, it just wasn't on the cards. Mm. Um so uh it's it, it it's like kind of like the 11 moment on the record is like the the bridge on that where it, everything kicks up and there's like a orchestra and nice these really heavy like industrial beats and these fuzzed up guitars and stuff and cool so that's like it's like the 11 moment on the record hmm. um it's the fourth out of fifth song okay. and if you've seen my Alex has, and you have seen me live. Yes. So it's it's the last song that I play. Right. When I leave the looper recording and I just like thrash my guitar. Yeah, and yeah. It builds up and it gets really chaotic and really crazy. And then it all cuts out and then I play Coffee Shops, which is like the most low-key song that I have. Hmm. Um, so it's like this really dissonant, and that's the same track track flow that is on the EP. Cool. So Infirmary happens and then Coffee Shops happens straight after. It's like an epilogue yeah. sort nice. of thing. Um, so the the... the Version of Infirmary on Boat Ramps is like, from like a composition perspective, probably the best I've done. Um, okay. Just because there's so much shit going on, but it all sort of works together quite harmoniously. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And then like on, on Blue Shift, it's just like like two guitar tracks, a drum track, and then singing. Mm. Um, but like on Boat Ramps, it's, there's like vocal harmonies. There's a bunch of different guitar tracks. There's a bunch of different percussion tracks and there's like industrial percussion and strings and all this cool stuff. Um, cause it's just complete like weapons free, big, huge thing that I wanted to do. Uh, and that's like always what I imagined for that song, but I never really had the band or like mm. the sort of production or composition know how to do it. Mm. Um, so yeah. Well, it sounds like it'll be a very good, kind of like theatrical moment with a good beautiful contrast which is always wonderful yeah mm. that's what that's what um i was going for because I, I think track list is really important with records yeah definitely. i think the way that the songs flow one to the next is a good one and it was it was interesting because I, I i was doing some i was talking to some people and i was doing some research about that it's like oh you should always start and finish with a high energy song and i thought well that's fucking great because yeah. i've only got two of those <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> like uh, i didn't take that advice yeah mm. by the way I, I heard from a producer that um, I heard from a producer. I'll go with it. Fuck it. I heard from sure. a producer that uh, you should try and plan an album uh, as if you're making love, okay. and you start out all exciting, and then you start to get a little bit serious in the middle, and then it all builds up to a big exciting thing, and then like you kind of kiss and cuddle at the end of it. And that's a that's a thing that a human told me. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I can see how that works. Yeah, yeah. And, like it works is the thing. 
I'm just sharing the sharing the tidbits. <laughs> sharing the I tidbits. didn't birth this idea. I'm just bringing it to the people. We won't hold it against you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but okay, so if you had um, any advice to give yourself in the past, knowing what you know now, or any uh, for our purposes, any listening uh, songwriter, Ooh, what yeah. what is your nugget of wisdom that you would pass on to anyone? listening but specifically yourself because we'll keep it interesting mm. what do um, you feel like you needed to learn can i divide that into two categories no yes you can uh, okay so uh one to myself spend more time spend more time spend more time as um, in like tweaking or just yeah as in as in like spend more time and don't be afraid to scrap ideas yes mm. uh, Good because cooking. just because it's the first thing you thought of doesn't mean it's the best mm-hmm. um it Good. might be but like do some other stuff and then come back to it and mm. then see if there's other stuff that you might like more. Um, to aspiring songwriters, I would say, that also implies that I'm successful, by the way. Which <laughs> the jury's still out on that one. Um, so to aspiring songwriters, I would say, um, never be afraid to write or perform shit. Yeah. Like, never, like if you have a bad gig, that's fine. Everybody has bad gigs. Yeah. Um, if you write a song and it doesn't do well, that's also fine. It, it, not everyone is, not everything is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's t- to no means say that you have to let that define your abilities. Um, like, I, I remember playing bad shows. I remember playing shows where the audience heckled me or where. Really? Yeah, cool. It happens to everyone. Wow. Heckling, heckling is just a, it's a part of playing live. Um, you, you been at shows where we've been heckled, threatened, weird shit's happening. Maybe no one was listening. Maybe no one came. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's, it's not a reflection of you as an artist and it's not any kind of sign that you should give up. Mm. Um, and I would say take breaks. Uh, for a while, I, I took a semester off uni and I was playing three, four gigs a week for a while. And I got to the end of it and I had no money. Um, no one knew who I was and, um, just music wasn't where I wanted it to be. Mm. And I was tired all of the time. I'd spent so much money on trying to just get music stuff done and trying to get there and play gigs and stuff like that. And I got to the end of it. I was completely miserable. I like fucking broke down and started crying. It fucking sucked. Um, and then I took a shower and then I, I went on Facebook and I saw that like my friends list was like twice the size that it was six months before then. Mm. And they're all musicians and, or some kind of industry professional or some kind of press agency. Even when you think that you're not moving forward, you're moving forward. Yeah. It's always having and giving yourself enough of a break to be able to look back and be like, oh, I've actually done some cool shit. Yeah. And then letting that inspire you further. I, I, I always get caught in this forest for the trees situation where I was always like, oh, other people my age are doing better than me. That means I must be doing bad. No, and then I met that. someone who did the same thing with me. I met someone who was like, oh, you're always doing so much better than me. And I was like, that's, this is weird. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. It, and it, we get so caught up in the idea of making it that I think that we sort of just, we, we can build a lot of resentment for ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that's very unhealthy. And I think nothing kills your, your productivity more than starting something already thinking you're a failure. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And especially since we threw that the fuck at you instantly, <laughs> we, we didn't say that we were going to ask you for advice. I think that's, that's really good advice. Oh, thank you. I, I, it's, it's a thing that I think about a lot. For some reason, I, uh, people ask me a lot about that. Like after gigs, everyone's always like, how do, you get in, how do you get into this stuff? How do you like do it? And it's always like the same thing. It's like you just, you need to start somewhere because the sooner you start and the sooner you get past all of the shit that you're going to make yeah. is the sooner you can start making stuff that you look back on and be like, oh, hey, that's actually pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, 
That's that's what this whole podcast is about. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, you have set the standard for all our future guests. Certainly. You've broken about the one down. before me. Oh, well, uh, we don't talk about them. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you've, uh, you've broken this podcast down to its barest bones and mm. gotten to the heart of it, so I think you've done an incredible job. Cool, thank you. And this has been Aiden Bradley. Aiden and Bradley, Do you want to do your, your social media plug? Well, yeah. um, you got to do it. Hit me up on Facebook, Aiden Bradley, Instagram also, and Twitter. Um, my Boat Ramps EP, which is my debut EP, comes out today. Um, mm-hmm. So March 9th, uh, it'll be on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, Bandcamp, just about everywhere. Um, hit up my YouTube as well. I have a music video out and there's a couple of lyric videos coming out for a couple of the songs on Boat Ramps. So cool. Awesome. And you share with us uh, Blue Shift, which is the song that you believed sucked. But uh, we're going to play a song that you don't believe sucks, which is... Uh... Uh, this is Siege. This is Siege, uh, Siege, which is the first track on my Boram CP. Awesome. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thanks. See Thank you later. Thank you so much for having me. I write songs about games. They're nothing like the ones you're playing, girl. I'll tell you all about my fame. It's a little bit late I am under siege Can you rescue me? I am under siege Can you rescue me? Another Saturday night Staying in to write again Sad I don't go out I think it's sad that's all you think to do I am under siege Can you rescue me? I am under siege Can you rescue me?
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.